Welcome back once again to the weekend must watch on Intercut, where we wade our way through the week in theaters, streaming, and on demand. I'm your co-host, Zachary Shevich. We introduce Arturo's Rita, and this week we are joined by our wingman, Amanda the Jedi, talking about all the latest in entertainment. We just did an hour on the Khan Film Festival and all the amazing movies that uh, Amanda got to see there. But let's make this a little more general and talk about what everybody's been watching, uh, which starts out with Top Gun Maverick. I think we want to (laughs) go into depth on a even separate stream if we're gonna <laughs> stick around for that at this point but just talking about it in terms of non-spoilers you know this is obviously not just the big movie of the weekend but the biggest movie of tom cruise's career thus far with the 124 million dollar opening weekend the 41st biggest opening weekend of all time uh art you got to see it before me. We talked about it a little bit on last week's stream, and I think you mm-hmm. were kind of like you, you were pumping the brakes a little bit. You didn't want me to get too too enthused. I, I feel like I see what you mean, but but Amanda, what was your reaction? Because you got to see Top Gun Maverick overseas. You got the luxury treatment in the the Palais. Yeah. What what was uh, what was your reaction to Top Gun Maverick? Um, so I am self-admittedly not a huge fan of a lot of just, like, straight-up action movies. Uh, it's really weird. I like mm-hmm. a lot of the Marvel stuff, but I like lore going into things. So it's like, you know, Mission Impossible Fallout is, like, this huge thing. Everyone loves the hell's easy, crazy stunts. And I watch them, like, yeah, that was good. And that's kind of how I feel about Top Gun Maverick. I'm like, there's a bunch of crazy stunts, a lot of really cool action bits. It is exactly what it needs to be. It is a gung-ho summer blockbuster. It's going to bring back, like, Top Gun fans of yesteryears. It's going to bring back people that are just, like, fan of, like, the blockbuster actor, which has kind of just been, like, dying off a little bit in, like, the modern era. I think we're more in, like, a director phase now, moving into more, like, weird actors, I guess. Uh, And Mm -hmm. then, so this is kind of bridging that gap, and then you're also just getting a lot of like the the more modern enthusiastic style of people who are just kind of like amazed by like the sheer amount of like theatrics they can bring into something while still telling a cohesive story that is really working its way not to openly say anything bad about any other nations or make any other nations (laughs) obviously the bad guys so it's just really just like good old american fun we're beating the bad guys yeah who are the bad guys there's no politics to be found here even though it's it's a war movie no politics um co-signed by the navy (laughs) exactly exactly um, so I think that it's a really fun action movie, and if you're into that stuff, you're probably gonna like really love this. Uh, I think I like it more than the original Top Gun, but I was never really like, like I wouldn't consider myself a Top Gun fan or anything. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I thought it was it was fun. It was good energy, even like in a crowd of people that might not necessarily be there for those big type of blockbuster movies. Like a lot of the a lot of people there really really enjoyed it over at Con as well, and yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's a solidly entertaining movie. You know, I think it has a structure that's really fun, and it has a lot of the elements that you want to see, like, big and on the big screen, particularly because they have this emphasis on the practical effects Mm -hmm. and the, you know, actually getting to feel, like, the dynamicism of flying in these planes. You know, I think more than most most ever in in uh, an action film like this you really get the force behind that kind of flight so it's re- it's really cool and novel in this way it is you know not necessarily like the most riveting of stories i actually thought its construction the kind of like the good guys and the bad guys are like the cool people versus like the stuffed shirts was itself also a throwback to an 80s kind of mentality it felt really like this could have been just like an 80s script in a lot of ways uh but it's there's is like an undeniable watchability to a lot of it that made this one of the more fun times i've had in in the theater this year so far so like i i do want to recommend people see it and that people see it big even if it isn't necessarily going to be the kind of like emotional thing that changes your life there's just a visceral undeniable quality to it it's good i liked it watching the biggest screen you could possibly watch it that's really the thing. This isn't. I wouldn't say this is something remotely. Wait until you can watch it at home. I think you're going to lose a lot of the of the steam behind it by not really experiencing it. I almost feel like this is one of those ones. I'm like, get yeah, one of those D box theaters where the seats do things. Maybe invest in that if you can handle it. This is the movie for that. Strongly I've seen it in cons- Dolby. Yeah. I've seen it in IMAX and I've seen it in 40x. Uh, I just saw 40x and it was pretty good you're moving with everything i don't know what geez i was pulling not as much as they were on screen but i was pulling something uh, i still think the imax is the best way to see it they also have mm. a version of this that's in screen x where they actually grabbed uh extra cameras put them on the plane oh. so then technically for the screen x where they add the two extra oh, the screens side. in your theater yeah okay. you are actually seeing the like sh- whole panoramic view Nuts. when they're up on the planes i don't have any of those near me if not i would have gone to go see it yeah. i've heard that they got some 40x imax screen x showings probably had to go overseas <laughs> for that but uh yeah i was wondering honestly, my, my second cousin was all like i want to see the ones with the screen on the sides and i was like yeah okay sure Ooh. i had no idea that was actually <laughs> like a, a phone thing or that- something yeah but, yeah. yeah but it's like they tore those because i feel like no location has those integrated it's almost like the company goes and sets up the screens in certain places but mm. uh I, I i just like hearing that you know when you have an imax movie shoot it actually in IMAX don't just give me the extra screen that you added in post yeah you know for the screen X it always feels like they're just adding you extra stuff that you don't really need that's why it's in your peripherals um but from the IMAX from that and even the 40x they fine-tuned it and I think that they have one of the best uh, theatrical experiences of the year even if you don't watch it in any of those premium formats I, I think it's still a movie that stands up regardless of uh that I think was well worth the 156 million dollar opening We'll talk about it more when we get to our, our whole spoiler talk, but uh, damn, bro, that, that was records. Like, double the records for Johnny. Johnny. Double the records <laughs> for Tom. Uh, and then just the fact that it, it's been a, over a decade yeah. since 2007. I guess that's why Johnny's on my mind, too. Uh, it was Johnny Depp's movie uh, for Pirates that had the record mm-hmm. for Memorial Day weekend. So, like, uh. since 2007, no one's broke that record until this movie. So, 
crazy stuff. Yeah, I mean, also goes to show why they were so insistent on delaying this movie, and they were like two years, pegging yeah. to this particular week too. They knew like coinciding it with Fleet Week, it, it's a nice thematic resonance and gets it uh, gets it into a lot of other yeah. celebrations too. So I don't know. Uh, it really satisfying movie. I think I'm excited to talk about some more specifics about it later. Yes, sir. But do you? Uh, yeah, I think we all. Sorry, I think we all recommend it. What was yeah, your question? Yeah, for sure. I definitely. Yeah. Um. Sorry. Do you think this we're gonna see the uh, massive increase in people signing up for the Navy like they did after the first one? Do you yes. think that they're gonna <laughs> be able to like really Easily. maneuver that this time again? We'll talk about it in the spoiler section because it's deeper than <laughs> you even think. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, not a whole I'm leaving next lot. Week competing with Top Gun Maverick in terms of the theatrical or virtual uh, movie game. There is Good Morning with Machine Gun Kelly, uh, which both of you subjected yourself to, uh, and it's been getting some of the worst reviews of any movie that I've seen this year, including another movie with Pete Davidson in it, Marmaduke. So Marmaduke Pete Dad, bro. Some pretty star- stiff competition. Why Why is this one so objectionable? Because I've stayed clear of it completely. I, I literally, this is what I chose to watch instead of the donkey movie. <laughs> yeah, to, a con prize winner or the to, Megan Fox. I had to, Megan Fox alone, but I had to make a video and I forgot yeah, I something it. for a different video in Canada. So I was like, shit, what's out? Oh, good. A dumpster fire. Perfect. Um, and a cool 90 minute dumpster fire. I can do that. Um, it's just really bad. It is literally it's just... It's 90 the, it, minutes? It's 90 minutes. Nah, it took me three hours to watch that. Exactly. Ain't no way that's it 90 minutes, It is the longest bro. 90 minutes I've ever it's fucking so experienced. It's so drags. It's, a, it's the kind of movie where too much is happening, but nothing is happening. It is literally... He said it himself that he basically just went through his contact list and anybody who's available is in the movie. This is just like the definition of like rich he does people that in the movie, too yeah. much free time. 100%. It's just, this, and it, they, there's no work at making it co, like work or make sense. None. 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 And then people uh, try to Zach, defend it. Oh, yeah, you go. Who? Fucking people. His mom? There's even people who are like, I'm not even a fan <laughs> of his music, but it's like, I thought it was funny. It's almost like it was a huh, stoner comedy. And I'm like, fuck, no, it wasn't. Nah, Why are nah, you nah, watching nah, for nah, stoner nah, comedies nah. that you think this is good? We deserve... You deserve more. If this is your type of stoner comedy, can I give you a list? This is not. Because I'm like, if yeah. I, you have to be like... <laughs> fucking wasted three ways to Sunday to find this funny is not a good stoner comedy because good stoner comedies are funny whether you're sober or stoned. <laughs> this is a this is a heroin comedy, Zach. What this is is uh, it's got a worse production than a Logan Paul YouTube video. Uh, and it has to be the absolute dumbest showcase of performances that he's trying to do in terms of getting to acting. Zach, do you remember that Z-Way episode with Chet, with Chet Hanks and he just started yep. going crazy uh, doing the Joker impressions? Yeah. Yep. Th- this Real. is 93 minutes of that because yeah. he's playing an actor who's trying to get his girlfriend back, but is he going to get his girlfriend back or is he going to try out for the Batman? And he's got to figure mm. out which of the two yep. he needs to do uh, while he's with his boys. And I guess the whole theme of the movie is that no matter what they've gone through, he's always had his boys with him since before he was rich or famous. I don't know if these guys are that big with him. The vibe doesn't um, even like come across the vi- There's way. no vibe there. There's no chemistry between any of them. It's no. just a showcase for him to do as many impressions as he wants to. There's an after credits to that that makes the movie even dumber, yeah. right? Yes, that's. I don't want to spoil it. Like, I don't want to spoil it for the true stoners out there who want to yeah. go make sure to catch this new. You know, it goes. Yeah, I think it goes to get to that. For the good machine morning. heads. Yeah, 
to get Bro. to that though, to get to the post credit scene, you have to make it through these slowed down end credits where they're showing in the bloopers, which I don't believe are the bloopers. I think it's literally everything else they fucking filmed that didn't make it into the movie. The they movie's the bloopers. Yeah. The ending's just the making up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just going through all this shit. And at some point, they even stop the credits from rolling, go full screen on the bloopers, and then go back to the slow rolling credits. It and is bad. And then it bad. does a post-credit scene. And you're just like... And it tries to be one of those like self-aware ones. And I'm like, nah. Nah, you can't put me through fucking that and then try to pull this now. Fuck you. Oh, look, you, you, I see you pulled up the Machine Gun Kelly stuff. Uh, I know he's big... <laughs> Buddies with Pete Davidson. I'm going to give him, I guess, for big time adolescence. He dies in Bird Box. He don't do nothing to Nerve. Yeah. Uh, I guess he gets you hit know, in Jackass, but he brings nothing to the table acting-wise. I'm not going to judge his music. You're a fan of his music? That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. We're not having yeah. that discussion for acting. If the movie's yeah, supposed yeah. to be about how your boys are there for you no matter what, uh, thank the Lord they were there for you with this crappy movie because this absolutely sucks. But you know what? They're not even the ones that are fucking there for him. It's Megan Fox's character. Every time they're, they don't yeah. know what to fucking do and they have to go yeah. track her down all the goddamn fucking time. So it's like, it's not even your boys being there for you. It's like your boys doing stupid shit and just following you around on your fucking quest to get your apple back. <laughs> Zach, they have a, 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 a smoke session. And when they're doing the smoke session, they pass the ginormous blunt to Megan Fox, right? It is made out of like paper mache. It looks she like a piñata. Shit. And when they give it to her, bro, she... Hits it and digital CG <laughs> CGI smoke comes out, bro. But it's like when you go to YouTube and download the overlay, so that thing's getting downloaded right. in sixteen yeah, by nine. Exactly. So there's no, yeah, you can like see it come out of her mouth, yeah. but not even. And then she's holding it, and they just overlaid the effect of the smoke that does not yeah. move along with it. It's <laughs> they so couldn't even do the bad, like. Bro. Not no, the not like behind the, the mouth no, trick no, no. that no, most bro. of these I swear movies do. Where you can do. see where the smoke stops on the video yeah. from the over. It's really bad. It's yeah. bad. It's bad. It's not, it's not good. It's, yeah. I think even if you're, the only people who, I think some people are lying. There's people who are like, I'm not even a fan of MGK, and I thought this was great. And I'm like, you're a fucking liar. You're a diehard MGK That's fan. That's his burner account. And you rocked out to this. So some people being like, I saw this with my kids and thought it was great. And I was like, you thought it was great? And he was like, I watch it with my 12 and 14-year-old. I'm like, they do lines of Kenemy, and you thought it was a good experience for a fucking 12-year-old? What the fuck? Shout there out Bob's Burgers out there. Uh, in theaters. <laughs> yeah, Bob's Burgers. Check yeah. that shit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's really god awful. Um, I don't think it's quite as bad as the second 365 Days movie. I think that is still the worst. Actually, there is a movie I saw at Con that is worse. I uh, walked out of a movie at Con called Dojo. I think there okay. might have only been 15 minutes left, and I was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> not doing it. Fucking not doing it. This shit. You but had this is in the bottom three. Going. Yeah, it's in the bottom three for worst movies I've seen this year. Absolutely. And I spent a lot of time watching bad movies. Too much time watching Tragic. bad movies. Tragically. <laughs> Skipping con selections for MGK's. Yeah. Good morning. I didn't want no we, we, I'm sorry. We can only encourage those types of life's decisions here. I, knowing what we do, like, who are we to really ch shit on, like, choosing Good Morning over EO, though? You gotta, it's like, what's gonna pay my bills? What's gonna pay for yeah. the trip to Con? Exactly, it's you gotta get there. It's the, it's the ecosystem. It's the ecosystem. Yeah, but, uh, it's uh, yeah, your Zach, fault, viewer. Yeah, <laughs> capitalism, viewer. <laughs> Which one y'all gonna click on? Yeah. 
Uh, all right, let's talk about some of the big additions to the streaming world because uh, Disney Plus has got a big one this or last week. They've got the third episode this week. Uh, I've only seen the first two. Mm-hmm. Amanda hasn't had a chance through her con experience, but Art, I think you've also got to see some of Obi Wan Kenobi from Deborah Chow, which of course brings back Ewan McGregor and many other familiar faces. What are your initial impressions of the new Disney Plus show? Uh, it's a great CW show that they're hosting over on Disney Plus that's supposed to kind of give you any in-between moment in a Star Wars movie. If they have not covered it, expect it to be covered. Imagine a timeline where you're just jumping, okay, this is chapter one to chapter two. You're like, yeah, but did you see what happened in chapter 1.5? Mm-hmm. They're going to fill out everything in this damn universe. Uh, for those who don't know, it's covering Obi-Wan right after the events of uh, Revenge of the Sith, after you know everything broke away with him and Anakin something happened to the boy and it's him seeking out a young Leia and a young Luke and I realized it's the versions we haven't seen yet I guess you know so we're gonna be at a point where if any Star yep. Wars character has ever appeared on screen and they haven't answered something they will answer it or I if they have appeared on screen but we haven't seen them for a certain like age range we'll see that age range we haven't seen them pooped yet so there will be a reality <laughs> series just to show you how it happens in a galaxy far away look if you're gonna do it i guess for the fans right they're being fed this is what they want yeah i don't get why the budget feels like half of what it should be it's obi-wan you know this is like mm-hmm. star wars you guys are making like the biggest movies out there and i think that when you're comparing it to the shows mando i think at least looks nice i mean that's the stuff that ended up inspiring the batman this feels mm-hmm not high quality this feels like the performances are not a star wars movie but more so uh an abc family it's not even abc family anymore it's a freeform show when you're talking to these kids uh it i personally feel it's less an obi-wan and more like you guys want to focus on those two over there uh a lot of people complain about the contradictions in the star wars timeline i find that to be irrelevant because they are okay with other contradictions i mean that's always going to be a thing that happens um but in terms of the new characters that they're writing i almost feel like disney just sets themselves up we were talking about this earlier uh on how Khan kind of sets up oh we're gonna get walkouts in our movie it's like that's part of their advertisement disney is practically doing that at this point with the way they write characters and the way that they know they're just expecting fans to get upset because being upset be it for the writing or anything that they've advanced in allows people to discuss things. They're already touting this is the most viewed show they've ever had based off hours. Because it's the longest episodes for a premiere they've ever released. Yeah, it's always like, yeah, it's the most watched based on watch time hours. And it's like... Isn't it so funny? It's like the crazy... (laughs) It makes it seem so lame. And then you know they tell Ewan McGregor, they just say the first part, they're like, it's the most watched Disney Plus show in history. (laughs) And then the interview guy goes, based on watch hours. So yeah. like, then he says it, so then everyone's like, oh my god, and then you go look, and it's like, based on watch time hours. It's like, yeah, Stranger Things is going to get the same effect on Netflix, because every episode's a fucking movie. Yes. Yup. But, I don't know, Zach, you're, you're the big Star Wars aficionado. You, how to, how to hit for you? You know, I think that that quality that you're talking about, that there's just something a little bit cheap here, something a little bit off, right? like, like cutting corners, it's... It's just really evident, right? And, like, for me, it was super evident when, you know, you have toddler Leia doing juke moves on the level of most NFL running backs to to avoid these fully grown bounty hunters. 
just a silly sequence to be to be in the middle of a show that you're trying to like build tension in or whatever. It just makes it all feel very light and fluffy and good for kids. Fine, cool, but like, right? This is this is I, I this is adult entertainment now, right? Only like this one. is. This is what like the masses are consuming, and it's it's I, I I'd expect something that feels a little bit less just like light and fluffy, and here's like the cute Ewan McGregor and this cute kid like making jokes about how he's too old to be your father, and it's just like I don't know, it, it, there's something just a little like hokey about it that is different from the hokiness that you expect from a star wars if that makes sense yes i i don't know um i don't really have the nostalgic attachment to this so i i'm kind of waiting for there to be a more of a there there and through two episodes i didn't really feel like there was one um although i did enjoy kumail which i i was a little worried about his inclusion into a universe i don't care about but he's he's actually charming Uh, sure but everything's distracting man who cares Like, sure. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> I I don't know, man. I don't want to watch it. Like, the more people talk, the more I'm like, I am just going to sit in my corner with my prequels and everything else can fuck mm-hmm. off. I mean, even there, yeah. I wish it was up to the prequel standard. I can't believe we're saying that at this point. But, hey, I right. will I will reserve judgment until the series wraps to uh, really discuss it as a whole. Uh, I do kind of have the nostalgia because... Episode three uh, that I remember watching that day one. I still have somewhere here my Obi Wan Kenobi Lego. I don't like mm-hmm. the thing. I lost a lightsaber that goes with the Lego that lights up, but you still click that head and it works. There's no batteries in that thing. It works off the force, dude. So that's somewhere in there. <laughs> I have a little bit of a connection to it, and even I, I don't know. I wasn't impressed with the first two, but yeah. we'll see. Ugh. Something did surprise uh, me though, Zach. Yeah, there was another premium streaming show that debuted in the past few days this one over on netflix and that is stranger things for at least part one of season four the first seven of nine episodes following 11 and mike and dustin and a lot of other characters there are a lot of characters on this show like more than i remembered and then i counted they introduced 10 more characters by name in the first two episodes this season so it's definitely a a whole lot of stranger things but you were pleasantly surprised by season four. I'm a certified Stranger Things hater. Whenever <laughs> a new one comes out, I feel it's very derivative of things that have just come before it, which, you know, you can homage things, but are you going to do something different? Are you going to give it a, a different flip? You know, we've gotten to the point where it's the writing that gets in the way of the advertisements because there's so many advertisements and product placements put into these shows that for season four, I don't know if y'all heard, the Monopoly board came out and the Duffer brothers were so mad because the Monopoly board spoiled parts of season four and i'm like oh no did all the advertisements come to bite you all the time so so much hey i mean that's what happens when you're pushing so much products out there it came back to bite (laughs) them uh i don't think it was gonna matter for everybody there's not much i guess you could spoil but i was actually surprised I was surprised with this new season. I like what they're doing with the characters. Mm-hmm. It's the same situation that they've all been there before. Eleven kind of stuck in a scenario, and she doesn't know how to communicate with other people. She's still mm-hmm. doing that here. All the relationships that haven't really blossomed, they're still not blossoming here. Will, 
getting no respect, still not getting any respect <laughs> here. Um, you saw the first episode, Zach, when they when Eleven gets like bullied, and yeah. Will's like, "You can't be lying to my boy." You know that's Will's birthday. <laughs> I didn't God even damn. realize that. That's how Man, disrespectful no that the writers have forgotten when Will's birthday is. <laughs> It's still the best one that they've had so far. This season does a little <laughs> thing different where there is a monster that's kind of attacking people and making them like feel the the grief or guilt of a scenario that they may have been. And then like it's crazy like contorting that happens to their bodies and they're all being like hunted one by one. You get this curse and it's like you have three visions before you die. And uh, a lot of homages to Halloween, a lot of homages to Friday the 13th or sorry, a cool Nightmare one Street. to uh, Silence of the Lambs. And I think it works. Uh, there's a, a, an element where they're at a uh, video store, right? Mm-hmm. I could be a sucker for that. But I'm like, eh, you know, I like it, but I'm not going to pull the same thing of being like, oh, 80s thing, I'm going to enjoy yeah. it. Ooh, video store, I'm going to enjoy it. They mm, do yum. something with it, right? You're actually in there, and as a part of the mission, I don't know if you've gotten to that point, they're able yeah. to use like people's movies that they've logged to be able to hunt down someone who they need. They're doing actual creative stuff. The performances in this season, I think, are a lot better. Um, I'm blanking on her name right now, but I think it's Sadie. Oh, uh, yeah, Sadie. In oh, episode yeah. four, she has like a really big uh, arc that happens there. Max, thank you. Uh, yeah. I think she's the best actress out of the show to begin with, just I, off the I'm bat. For this, yeah. And they gave her they gave her some some good stuff to work with. I think the eleven storyline, without spoiling it, I don't know if you were able to wrap up the seven, Zach. There is a warning that they give you right at the beginning of the show. A warning that yeah. the Obi Wan show should have had, and <laughs> it makes sense. Um, I I thought it was interesting what they built. Towards, I don't know how you felt about the ending without getting into spoilers, but I I like that even though it's the first half, the seven episodes feel complete. It did feel like a finale, and then in a month you get what's going to be these two movies uh, that are episodes right. eight and nine. Mm. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I would say it feels so much like a finale, but it does feel like a like a setup to a finale, like a penultimate, right? Yeah, and like it it does feel like things are coming together. One one of my issues when season four began is it does feel so big and so uh, wide in scope. There are all those characters. There are, I counted at one point, like seven different plots they're expecting you to follow. And then as the season goes along, they start collapsing those plots in on each other until like by the end, it's pretty much all come together in a way that like, I think they've set themselves up really nicely for those final two episodes to be chock full of exciting things and confusing Conclusions to things that we want to see concluded, right? Like, I think one of my issues in the past with Stranger Things is that feeling like they're kicking the can down the road and they're just sort of stringing things along. And there's a little bit of, like, maneuvering going on, just moving the pieces into place. But by episode four, they're really going. They're they're, there. Things are happening and there's some interesting, like, actual interesting, uh, you know, combining of these uh, these teen adventures with these horror ideas. I mean, I do feel like the Vecna character was a little bit reverse engineered to be included in Dead by Daylight, but it's still effective and cool. Um, I, I like, I, I am more in on this than I've been on the show on a while. I, I You were saying that this might be your favorite season of the show. I still think the first is my favorite I season of the, the show so far. Of the show so far. But this is, this is definitely close, if not, if not right up there. Yeah. So from a hater, I, I can finally recommend uh, one season of Stranger, uh, one half of a season of Stranger Things. <laughs> I'm excited. I've been uh, 
I'm going to watch it with my mom because we've watched the other seasons. Oh, it always dope. just randomly mm-hmm. seemed to have come out when I was here visiting. So I was just holding it's off. It's meant to be. Yeah, so yeah. it'll work out. It'll work out. And we'll, we'll try to get Do you have a favorite character? Um, I like Robin a lot. Uh, so uh, Maya Hawk. And I like Sadie. I do like Max. I like Max a lot. All right, then you're going to like this season, dude. I think this may be your favorite season then. Yeah, I think uh, because I didn't even hate season three. I know everyone and I I get the complaints of season three. And yeah, but like for just something to watch and enjoy watching, I was fine with it. But I'm like, it's just one of those ones. It's like, I get everything you're saying about why this is bad. But I'm still going to watch it twice. (laughs) 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 You know? There is a thing to Stranger Things that even when it's not at its best, I think it's it's light enough and airy enough and propulsive enough that Mm -hmm. it's pretty easy to consume. Like we you are you and I both watched seven hour long plus episodes over the extended weekend. And like, I didn't feel like they really, it was really a slog the way that sometimes seasons of this length are a slog or, or even shows that I'm not looking forward to the way that I wasn't really looking forward to stranger things can be a slog. Like it moves. And sometimes that's because they bring on Paul riser and ask him to do like a five minute long exposition dump. But, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's because it's just like a fun hangout with fun characters. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's longer and flows better than the previous seasons, without a doubt, in my opinion. Nice. Yeah. So we'll see how they wrap it. Awesome. All right. Let's go over to Netflix, where the first of a couple uh, extended feature drops happened. This being Jackass 4.5, which is kind of uh, some behind the scenes, kind of some never before scenes and a bit of interview footage from the making of Jackass 4. You know, we, we got to see Jackass 4 in theaters with a little bit of like an extended uh, bit at the end and it kind of felt like they just blew that out into a feature length version for yep. this bit on Netflix. It's, I mean, if you enjoy Jackass 4, this is just not only more of that same ingenuity and camaraderie by way of torturous pranks, but you get a little bit of the insight from the people. And I, I, I was, I did find it really interesting to actually hear from the performers, the stunt people and in their thoughts going into this and how they deal with some of the, the anxiety of going through these, you know, punishing uh punishing activities i'm really enjoying uh jackass 4.5 i'm only halfway through it but uh i know you caught some of it too you're liking it as much as i am it's fantastic this is what i'm talking about this and what we're about to talk next are true outtakes uh not even in that sense because when you see an outtakes thing and you're like yeah that definitely should have not been in there that's not going to be a good (laughs) thing to watch but when you're watching the outtakes and you're like damn I wish they would have fit this into the original. Then yeah. you're actually creating a lot more for the fans uh, that I think is worth it. I like the addition of the interviews um, and <laughs> that tennis one. That's the one that got me to watch it because I saw that it was going to be there. And that's what they auto played was when the tennis star was mm-hmm. like smacking them. Uh, that's sh- oh, nasty stuff. Yeah. That should have been up on the big screen. But shout out to Netflix for picking up what should have been Paramount. Paramount has all of the yeah. Jackass movies, but they dropped the ball on picking up this one and it's a true 4.5 because it's not like they're just adding extra scenes it it is like a whole other product just like yeah. uh the boat thing that we're about to talk about but i want to see more of these things um i don't care who picks them up but as long as it's on a streaming service i think that's a it's a really good way for people to see more of um you know the the cast and their shenanigans right. 
I mean, it's essentially, you know, like, a bo- we've seen this on some DVD releases or Blu-ray releases where you get the, like, feature-length making of movie. And it's it's a little bit of that and a little bit of uh, just stuff they didn't use. But I'm always appreciative to get it when it is comes from something I'm really excited about. And, yeah, I just – I don't understand why more streaming services don't aim to do that with more of their stuff. Netflix has been doing a pretty good job of when they have a big release, pairing it with some kind of behind the scenes content, but like they could do more. All of them could do more because you know, we, we like checking this stuff out. We will do it if it's there for us. All right. Speaking of more Bo Burnham, the inside outtakes, outtakes and cut clips, sketches and more from his 2021 special inside uh, I was extremely pleasantly surprised to see the presentation of this one which as you mentioned it, it's similarly just kind of like this extended collection that could itself be another release like it, it there's so much stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor that feels like it was good enough to go in inside but there's also Bro, you know the easily. bits that you see the bits that you see his production uh, that I found That's so cool. valuable. What what were your favorite parts of uh, the inside outtakes? Uh, being able to see him set up a recording and then just yell because he couldn't get it right. <laughs> yeah. And just swearing about it. He does a really interesting thing where he will combine all of the takes that he, like this, for anyone yeah. who makes he any like Brady bunches them almost. Ever, yeah. And it's a countdown practically of the big one is the one that will be the version that got it right. And then everything else is slowly disappearing when those versions, when those yes. takes mess up. That. And I'm like, it's such a, it's, it's a really good look at, the inside of the you know making of the production of it and what it takes to make videos like this especially mm-hmm. when you're by yourself um and it's also really cool to see him figure it out you know like yeah. he doesn't know where to put the disco ball and then you see him in real time figure out oh this is, where, this is gonna be the best place uh yeah that was really cool to see and then a lot of the cut bits were really dope as well i think that that drake inspired one the five years should should have been in them it should have been in the original yeah. has to I love, though, that the I, man started on YouTube, made it the Netflix special, got some criticism for that, and then made a whole hour and three minute thing that he brought back to YouTube. Yep. I don't know. Yep. It's really cool. Uh, and, and it plays very well on YouTube. This outtake cannot be played on Netflix because there's, I don't want to call them gimmicks. There's bits that he does that only work with the medium of YouTube. That's yeah. really cool. Uh-huh. So, uh I don't know how you felt about the uh, original Amanda, but if you do get a chance to check this out, I think you'll you'll find a lot of the things that he does funny because it really is. It's a youth, it's a YouTuber who made a Netflix special reminding you that he's a YouTuber and that he kind of like made that. it like he would a YouTube video. Yeah. Oh, I like that. What yeah. And even when the content is stuff that you maybe have seen or seen bits of, none of it feels redundant because he's presenting it so differently. Whether it is, like Art was mentioning, the uh, eliminating of the bad takes as he goes along, or it's just the seeing things from different angles as he tried to figure out what would be best. Like it, It's really cool to see the construction of it. And and you really do get an appreciation for just how isolated uh, the production was, how, how much of this is DIY, homegrown uh, stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's it's there's a lot of great stuff in there. I'm still laughing about the Joe Biden bit. So <laughs> very good stuff. 
Uh, but let's get back to some TV because there's some really exciting new episodes of great TV shows that aired in the past uh, couple weeks. Better Call Saul ended its first half of the final season run. There's still six more hours of the show to go. It returns on July 11th, but it had a really dramatic conclusion uh, to mm-hmm. what I thought was a really solid uh, beginning of the end for, for Saul. You know, it, it, the show is really great in its construction of the, these bits, the way that it it slow plays a lot of the characters' plans, so it leaves you in the dark as to what they're doing, but you kind of, you, you get what they're doing maybe on a moment-to-moment basis, but in seeing the larger picture, I love the way that once it all comes together on a show like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, that it, it just feels really rewarding because you've, you've, you've experienced all these disparate elements and you're not sure why they're important, but you know because they're being shown to you they're important. And then they have a way of surprising you with the utilization of them. And and I think that remained true through its final or, you know, mid-season finale here, which no, you know, you know there's going to be some coming together of, uh, or a clash between certain people. But, they always know how to give you a rug pull you're not expecting. And the darkness to which this episode goes is it, it hits some levels that are breaking badass. This to me, this was their killing Hank episode or whatever for better call Saul. It, it's really, really good. It's really, really dramatic. And I'm just, I cannot wait. I'm so on edge for these next six episodes. I, Stranger Things, I can put away for a month. I accept it. I'll be I'll be back. But I I cannot wait the month for Better Call Saul. I need to know what happens now. Um, so I, I'm hoping maybe some some people catch up with it because it's going to be a pretty awesome conclusion. I'm 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 pretty confident given the way they've handled it thus far. Uh, that was really good, but another really great series that I've been following a lot of is Barry. Um, I, I hope you guys catch up with the third season of Barry. They've now had six episodes. Uh, they only sent six episodes out to critics because this was kind of like a big week on the show where a lot of things have come together. There's this extended chase sequence that's some of the mo- some of the craziest action filmmaking that they've done on Barry. I've seen a lot of people comparing it to like a scene from GTA, the way that uh, they're like darting through cars on this episode. Uh, I... I th- Barry st- just has this unbelievable ability to combine this extremely uh, harsh, brutal violence with a deadpan execution that makes it so so it's like starkly funny. And I'm always surprised by the new uh, new contrasts that you get in like deadpan humor and deathly serious consequences. In episode five ended with one of the meanest things I've ever seen a TV show do to one of its characters, and then episode six got even darker than that. So, please catch up on this show, because it's really, really good. Um, There's just so much good TV on right now. Amanda, you were talking about this before we started recording, but... There's so much to watch right now. Boys is starting soon. That's why I don't want to watch Obi-Wan. I'm like, why do I want to waste time watching something that's just going to piss me off? 
and like ruin a part of my childhood and then know if I complain about it, I'm going to get a bunch of fucking angry nerds in my mentions. And if yeah, I like it, I'm going to get a viewers. bunch of angry nerds in my mentions. Like the you can't machine. fucking win. So like, I'm, I'm just going to, if, if for some reason it ends up being amazing by the end, I'll watch it, which is unfortunate because I was actually excited for the show and just based on what I'm seeing, I'm already like over it. So I'm just like, no, I, I will catch up on Barry. I will get around to watching Better Call yeah. Saul, you know? And you yeah. Know, fuck Obi-Wan Kenobi, which should just be called Kenobi. <laughs> Why Agreed. is it called Obi-Wan Agreed. Kenobi? Are you fucking kidding me? It's a little wordy. It's unnecessary. Yeah. I don't think there are, are toxic Bill Hader fans out there, you know? They're pretty respectable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're sly. They're slick. But you know what? Yeah, it's, it's a cool stand. I also don't want to watch that because his name isn't spelled Barry with an E. Art, you should get that. Are you, you're, uh, you're an I-E uh, no. strict, uh, fundamentalist? <laughs> no, fucking P- Pete Davidson's character in Good Morning's Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. Oh. <laughs> you have only room for our IEs in your life after that, I guess? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Barry. Uh, Art, what are you going to catch up on first? Better Call Saul, Barry, or nothing? Uh, Better Call Saul. Yeah, you're doing the Better Call Saul binge? Hell yeah. Brom, for whatever reason, I'm watching video essays on the show. I might as well just watch the show, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should. Yeah. You ever I just mean, like, look, catch something, you're like, dang, this is real. This is how I know like what we do, no matter how much we spoil it. I find myself going like, I want to know about the show that I'm going to watch, but I want to hear what I people mean. are saying. And it, like, it yeah. hypes you up to watch the show. Exactly. It's, I also feel like it's one of those shows that even if it spoils it, it's not really spoiling it because the mm-hmm. best shows you can know everything about it and you still experience the performances and the way that it tells yeah. the story. Mm-hmm. It's the just what, what I got sixty episodes. Yeah, I mean, at this point, there's more Better Call Saul episodes than there were ever episodes of Breaking Bad. That's crazy. I didn't realize that it uh, began right after because we were going yeah. down the Emmy noms yeah. and like yeah, as soon as the final one for Breaking Bad. They started this. I because I, I, I don't know why the first season. I just for whatever reason didn't uh-huh. keep up with it after the first season ran through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but you, you didn't dislike it. it you break. just yeah. Gotcha. I think it it start it, it gets hard if something just stops for a second. Sometimes it's hard to go yeah. way to like track it down. I feel like I was still in like university at the time, so I made it like an extra layer of difficulty. Well, we learned it comes out what July second part. July eleventh, the last six episodes. <laughs> What's the point, bro? Like, what are these little breaks for? <laughs> it's like a month. Well, for Netflix, it's, it's interesting. On the streaming service. It's so yeah. people don't. Cancel. I wonder. the The Emmys deadline is July first, so I wonder if this is strictly to make Better Call Saul eligible for two Emmy cycles. That is also possible. I could see the same thing for Stranger Things too. Right. Right. Now those are TV movies at that point. By the end of Stranger Things, Ooh, that is true. It's another category for Netflix to dominate. Do you think Stranger Things, it's that they're actually just not done those first, those last two episodes, and rather than just delaying the whole thing, they just released what they had finished, and now they're finishing up those two, and it has the added benefit of keeping people subscribed longer? Yeah. I, <laughs> that, <laughs> and that and they spent how many million per episode on Stranger Things? I, I don't yeah. think they, they want to blow it all on one weekend anymore. I, I think, that. you know, given Netflix's uh, stock price issues and... All the layoffs that have, they've been go, uh, doing recently. They shut down two divisions, too. The, yeah, right here. I can read it for you. The family live action film division has been wiped. Uh, no more 30 million change, budget movies. Do you think they're going to change their release model going forward? Do you think that the success yeah. of things like Disney Plus keeping things in that uh-huh. conversation longer and even 
Amazon who will do this like three episode dump and then go weekly. Do you think that like Netflix is going to like change? Because at first it was such a novel thing that you could just watch everything at yep. once and everyone loved it. But now there's just so much content that bef- sometimes before you even have time to get to something, a new cycle of something started. So why go back and watch that last one? Mm-hmm. So, I think the release strategy will change when they no longer exist because they're going to be bankrupt. That's what I think is going to happen. Fair. They're going to, I mean, they're going to add ads. <laughs> mm. That was something they were never going to do. So I, yeah, they're going to be making the most radical changes that they, as the number one player, have not had to deal with for the last Damn. bit. But Stranger Things can't pay for it all. Yep. That's crazy. I mean, there's this uh, article that I think just dropped earlier today in The Hollywood Reporter. I don't know if either of you have had a chance to see it yet. Uh, but Netflix is mandating a leaner you know, production, essentially. They they no longer want to fund these auteur-driven $200 million films from what? people like Martin Scorsese. No they, they just They just dropped all that money on those uh, Ryan Johnson Knives Out sequels, and I don't know if we're going to see a lot more movies like that, which, you know, goes back to the things that we've been talking about, how when you put The Irishman next to Floor is Lava on your streaming service, like, you kind of make them the same thing, and ultimately one's going to have a much higher margin than uh, the other. Uh, I don't think any of us are surprised to see that, but yeah, it's it's definitely... not encouraging and I do wonder ultimately how much Netflix can shave off and still remain a major f- contender like they they don't have any big IP to rely on you know they're not making Mission Impossible movies or Marvel movies or Top Gun movies they, they're you know at some point Stranger Things is going to end I don't think we're going to be getting sequel upon sequel to the Gray Man do you? <laughs> I don't want it <laughs> yeah unfortunate yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the future uh is for all these netflix films i saw the idea floated that they might start putting some of these movies like the gray man or the knives out sequels in theaters for 45 days like the other companies and i feel like that's a smart idea you know you if you that if you put if you put knives out in theaters for 45 days that's a cool hundred million dollars that you can the add to your bottom line them. That's another issue they're going to have to deal with. I hope they maybe adjust to it because if everybody's streaming services starts doing it, right? They just had it out for Netflix. Well, that's the thing. I think they pissed off the industry. They forgot the part where you're supposed to network and make friends, and that's where they're at. Where they're at. And they're because Disney Plus had AMC theater. They're suffering it right now. Yeah, Yeah, it sucks. They're going to suffer bigger consequences once everyone's like, okay, well now they've killed Netflix and they've killed all Uh these other things. So. Back to the high seas, matey. Yep. Because I ain't exactly. paying for all of this fucking. I'm not paying like 20 bucks for every fucking streaming service. Like, fuck you. I am fully aware yeah. how much these streaming services. I look at a calendar, and it's like every day on the 31 days of the month, I got a new payment that I got to make for yep. these. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. We're going back to the bundle prices. Yeah, and we have like the benefit where it's like. It's technically we do it a for tax work. write-off. It's for work. Exactly. We can write it off, and it's still No one absurd. else is going to do this. Yeah. No one's getting Paramount Plus for just the one Halo show. Like, why nah. would you pay for that? Yeah. I, yeah. People are going to start. It's like it's either you make some complicated system where you're sharing your Netflix password and someone else has an Amazon for Prime sure. password. Or, and then they're going to try shutting all that shit down. Or people are just going to be like, no yeah. fuck it. 
Pirate Bay. Not. Nah, <laughs> I'm like, so Zach was just talking about all these big budget movies and whatever else, you know, however I'm going to feel about the Gray Man. Knives Out, though, is still Spider money going Head. to a director who could do something. Uh, uh, yes. The money that the Irishman got, the marriage story. Mm. I appreciated being Ooh. able to get projects that other companies weren't willing to do. Yeah. But if they're not cutting out their 30 mil movies and they're no longer going to do these and I'm looking at what Disney's doing and they don't even care about giving their Star Wars the budgets that they need, streaming is really going to feel like streaming back in the day. My rating of a stream it used to be because it's like, oh, it's just a streaming movie. Then something changed and they became good. I think that era is over. I think that era is over. Well, yeah, with with saying that they don't want to invest in the auteur directors anymore, it's pretty much killing it because like Marriage Story was one of my favorite movies of 2019. Right. Like, and technically, we were around for the time when those were streaming movies, and now streaming yeah. movies are going to go back to like what's free on YouTube. Yeah, Jesus. The Walmart bargain bin. Yeah, I mean it's it's just depressing to think that like the golden age of streaming, if that's what this is or was, was. might be ending. Mm-hmm. Oh, HBO yeah. looking shoddy, Disney looking yeah. shoddy, yeah. Netflix looking dead. I'm scared. It all, all goes right. back to D and D, DB and Wise. Fucking <laughs> that's over what, that's Game when, of Thrones. I think that's. If the you catalyst. look at the timeline, that's when it started. <laughs> that's when it fucking started. Fuck them. It's, honestly, the world in general, I believe, started yeah. going downhill the moment. Yes. Yeah. when we went on the Everyone bad timeline. Everyone blames cats. It was Game of Thrones. It, it was. It was Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game yeah. Thrones. All right. Well, let's end on that. Uh, let's end the, what we're watching on that dour note and talk a little about the new to see the things coming up in the next week, starting with something that actually just debuted all its episodes yesterday. But I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Pistol, a new FX oh, show yeah. on Hulu from director Danny Boyle mm-hmm. about the sex pistols. Really interested in the show. Amanda, you're interested in the show, too. I didn't know it existed, and I was visiting my parents, so they watched regular TV still. So I saw a commercial for it, and I was like, what the fuck? During sports, I saw it. They appeared, yeah. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And I'm actually, like, pretty interested in it. Like, I I was a a young punk in my day, you know, back when I was, you Mm. know, 13, 14, discovering myself. And, like, I was super into all that shit. I used to, like, read all these different stories and read about how they, like, the sex pistols were basically manufactured. So you've got, like, the clash on one end just being, like, badasses. Meanwhile, like, the Sex Pistols were literally, like, being put together specifically to take advantage of this, like, underground punk subculture. So I'm just, like, very interested to see mm. how they tell this story. How tackle that? Yeah, like, um, Buddy can't play bass. They were like, he looks the part. So just stick him <laughs> up there with the bass. Someone else recorded all of the bass lines for him for that album. They kicked out the original basses because he wanted to sound too much like the Beatles. Bring in Vicious. Can't play. He's a passionate about the music, huge into the scene, can't fucking play an instrument to save his life. <laughs> Damn. So it's like Angelina Jolie when she directs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really interested to see how they like yeah. address the story, whether or not they're going to try to make it be like, these are the true punk rockers. And I love the album. I love that. That's a great, it's a fucking great Yeah, CD. interesting. But okay. I'm interested to see how they tell the story of like the Sex Pistols and how they came to be. Right. I mean, I feel like matching it with the director of Train Spotting is kind of the aesthetic yes. you want for a Sex Pistols th- uh, thing. Uh, look, I'm just taking a look at the uh, the guy who wrote it to see if there's anything interesting there. Uh, but it looks like he wrote the Elvis screenplay. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, then on June 2nd, we're getting 
this is going to hurt on AMC Plus. I know this is a show that some people were looking forward to because we got Ben Wishaw in the lead. Uh, I think he's playing a doctor on this show. Another one of the uh, upcoming AMC Plus properties. As well on June 2nd, Under the Banner of Heaven airs its series finale. Art, I know we were talking a little about the show. Have you had a chance to watch any more Under the Banner of Heaven since then? Not yet. I'm gonna get um, I, I, a lot of these miniseries and stuff. I'm giving me until give myself until the announcement for the Emmys come out, and then I have to right. do a whole TV binging week. I feel like I'm already mm-hmm. ahead. I've been watching a lot of TV, but I can't watch too much TV. There's so I'm saving a lot, a lot of, of TV these towards there. the end. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's one that I, I do plan on finishing. I, I thought it started off really strong. Cool. June third, Friday, June third, in theaters is Benediction from director Terrence Davies. Uh, This is a film that played TIFF last year, and I know a lot of people really like this one, so uh, it's been on my radar since then. Also on Friday, June 3rd, is the debut of the third season of The Boys, which uh, I know we're all really excited to see. Art, you're excited to see it, too, because you saw, like, an incomplete version beforehand? Yeah, they sent it to us. It was like Wolverine Origins when that first leak came out, where none of the effects were done. These guys are running back and forth. I didn't know if they were doing the film in the movie within the movie, because, you know, they got a movie universe. They got a studio in right. the universe of the boys. Uh, and then we actually got to the other stuff, and it just wasn't done. Um, but they did update it, and they said, Whoops. we fixed it. Go go watch it again, or thrice, mm-hmm. however much. So uh, I'm a couple of episodes in. I know that they're going to be releasing the first two or three this Friday, and then they're going to be going weekly up until middle of July. So... For the boys fans, I think it's still just as brutal. Some very interesting revelations already in the first two episodes. Um, we'll see. It's their cool. biggest thing. When I go through my Prime thing, yeah, I'm looking at so many shows. Upload. Undone. I love it. None of these shows go anywhere. It's yeah. just the boys. So what are they paying yeah. for everything else for? I, I don't know, man. It's That's weird marketing over there, too. Yeah, Amazon is always under-marketing their good material, that's for yeah, sure. they must but have a delivery hey, thing at least, in the background or something. At least The Boys is good, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Crimes of the Future, out on Friday, already has the stamp of approval from Amanda, I believe, kind of. Yeah, like, I, li- I think it's like, I'd probably give it a three out of five. You know, like I think the story and the foundation that it's working with is really, really interesting, but I don't think it goes far enough with it. Um, There's a couple of things I would have liked to have seen that you don't. And it kind of it's one of those things that once it ends, you are expecting that there's going to be another 30 minutes and it just kind of leaves it open. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it just gave very strong Dune Part 1 vibes where (laughs) you feel like this was like the setup of this like really rich world that Cronenberg's Mm. created. And then you're never you're never gonna do anything with it again. He's not gonna unless there's like a surprise. This was a plan for a sequel all along. Like you're not getting that, so you just kind of right. left with what you have. I think the best way that I was able to describe it for myself was like it felt like this was based off of the book, and that this was like the best way they could adapt how much there is. And interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of really interesting ideas to explore in it, and I just don't know if they focus enough on like the more interesting parts. Um, it's nowhere near as graphic as they're trying to make you think. Everyone's talking about mass walkouts. <laughs> I saw like seven and only one of them was like early on when something kind of graphic <laughs> happened and the rest were mm-hmm. just like dense exposition parts where they're like explaining things because like there is so much going on in this like slightly futuristic world where 
like human bodies have started like adapting and evolving in different ways and they're really concerned about that happening and they're trying to get it back to what they see as like the correct way for humans to be rather than letting this like natural evolution start to work forward um yeah it's uh, it's definitely interesting there's a lot of interesting like concepts in it yeah but uh it's not like whoa this is fucking crazy in my opinion. from a case to from a case to stand perspective you were satisfied Yes, from a case you stand. Um, it's, uh, it's one of her weirdest roles. She's not going to come across as like anything you've really experienced from her before. Um, she's very like, oh, kind of like, okay, you know Umbridge in Harry Potter? She yeah. kind of has that yeah. like, yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit like this, you know? Who I don't knows? know if this is bizarre, but I, the, from the trailer, she gave me a lot of Jenna Malone energy, if that makes sense. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I, get, I can get that. I can get that. Yeah, it's... Uh, her character's name is Timlin, and it kind of does at first. She seems very timid, but she's also very pushy. So she's very, like, kind of in on herself and not really, like, loud, but she's very, like, expressive with what she's saying and very, like, pushy in, in little ways. Uh, it's kind of one of those really interesting things where it almost feels like, um, like a comparison to almost how, like, religious people view, like, overt sexuality where they're like that's disgusting i would never like that but then when they're kind of presented with it they're fast they, they're fascinated by it they don't want to admit it but it's like they get very fascinated by whatever this thing is that they're supposed to be like questioning or like monitoring uh and that's mm. kind of like what's happening here with uh like this like level of evolution happening but, interesting yeah like i'll check yeah. it out again i'm probably gonna watch it again this weekend just before my yeah. video <laughs> I've got my tickets for tomorrow night. I'm definitely excited for that one. Okay. Also in theaters, Eiffel. We've talked about this in the past because I thought it came out, but I guess now mm-hmm. yeah, it's so coming out in theaters. Yeah. Uh, but also on Friday is Fire Island dropping on Hulu. This one is starring and written by Joel Kim Booster. Also a couple other delightful people in it like Bowen Yang and Margaret Cho. Interestingly, this one comes from director Andrew Ahn, whose previous film was the absolutely delightful small drama Driveways uh, mm. with Brian Dennehy and Hong Chow. That's a so, good movie. Yeah, a very different tonally looking film but one that i'm actually very excited for there's a lot of very funny people involved with this one and uh buzz is pretty strong on it too so i'm excited to check out fire island interesting on disney plus on june 3rd hollywood star girl which until i started watching it i didn't realize was the sequel to star girl oh shit (laughs) okay did either of you guys like star girl I didn't watch it. I thought it was I a don't... DC movie. And then I was I was like Star Girl. I thought it was like <laughs> it was a superhero Star Girl. And I was yeah. like, why did she get a ukulele? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't watch it. Yeah, I, I watched like 10 minutes of it and it seemed cute, but absolutely not for my demographic. So. Yeah, uh, on speaking of not for my demographic, Micah, the girl from another galaxy, hits theaters on Friday. I, I'm very excited to see if people uh, find or if kids find this movie because I think it is quite delightful. I don't I don't know like if kids will be able to enjoy it just on a purely visual level since it is not in English, but I think it's just zany and cute and fun, a weird mix of like sci-fi and ET and other stuff. 
it, it it would do really well if it was on a Netflix or something like that. Which so one, sorry? give it a chance. Watch it in Micah? theaters. Micah, the girl oh, from yeah, another. Yeah, yeah. Remember, yeah, this was yeah, a Sundance movie. Yeah. 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 That was cute. Good faces. The ki- the kids make a lot of good funny faces in the movie. Yeah. Very expressive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Sundance selections, Neptune Frost hits theaters on a, li- on a limit on a limited basis on June third. Poser, which was a movie we liked a bunch last year. Uh, I w- thought it was interesting. It's hitting theaters in Columbus. Normally, you see the the rollout from New York or L.A. This one's going Columbus out. So. <laughs> Shouts to alternate release strategies. Uh, Scarf Face is out, which I'm only mentioning because I really like the title. It made me laugh more than once. So Scarf Face is on theaters and virtual. Uh, Then a new Blumhouse movie hits Epics, Unhuman, on Friday, uh, followed by another Sundance selection, one that I think we're more excited about, Watcher with Micah Monroe. Art, I want to say that you are the biggest fan of the three of us. Sell people on Watcher in, the, in like a couple sentences. I liked it. If you could watch this at like an artsy music box type theater, I think it's got a really uh, good ambiance to it. Uh, for most people, I think, uh, it, depending on you know the pace of it, maybe one that you would rather watch at home. So if it ends up getting picked up for Shutter or something, that may be the best place to watch it. But if yeah. the trailer interested you in any way, we were kind of split with it, but I enjoyed it. I, I wouldn't say I it's like it. a day one thing. Mm-hmm. It's more of a matinee type of movie to watch. Uh, yeah. I really liked the performance. If you liked it, follows. It's in there, bro. She's getting followed again. Maybe. Yeah. Reportedly, <laughs> allegedly, maybe. you'll see. Allegedly, maybe. I think it really pulls it around that, for the ending. That, that poster is ending. also really dope. Yo, I don't know if either of you have seen the poster. Sick. Check yes, it. it's nice. It's good. Let me check that. It's good stuff. It's very good stuff. Ooh. Uh, we Are the Thousand is going to be available on VOD digital and in theaters this is like a love letter to the foo fighters which art i think you got to see at last year's south by southwest film festival this one's probably going to take on uh, a pretty different feeling now uh but you still would recommend it for fans of the foo fighters as a youtube doc yes all right that's what it feels uh, like and then <laughs> and then finally, in theaters and on AMC Plus is White Elephant, with, which stars Michael Rooker, Bruce Willis, Olga Kirilenko, and John Malkovich, as well as Eugenio Derbez's son, Vadir Derbez. So I didn't realize that the, the whole family is getting into, into, in getting into it. But yeah, another one of these like late Bruce Willis action movies uh, going to be available on AMC Plus if you're interested. Art, what are your picks for the week? Sticking to streaming, if you got Hulu, the Look At Me doc came out, and they also had a new single for X that uh, appeared in streaming services with Kanye. Emergency was out in theaters last week. We covered this at Sundance. It is now on Prime, so you can watch from the comfort of your own home. Uh, And then if you're going to theaters, Bob's Burgers is great, but Top Gun IMAX. Give that 40X. If if, you you got the extra money lying around, go do the G's with Tom Cruise, but I'd say IMAX is the best way to watch it. But honestly, it's such a good story. I'd say go enjoy it wherever it's playing in a theater. Uh, but those would be my picks for the week. How about you, Amanda? You're back from con. You're going to take yeah. a nap. I'm sure you got to get back to the right time zone sleep schedule. But once you're done with all of that, what are the movies and TV shows you're going to be catching up on? Uh, Stranger Things this weekend uh, with my mom, for sure. Um, I am definitely going to be, again, catching Crimes of the Future a second time just to, like, 
see how I feel about it Hell outside yeah. the like spectacle of the festival and all that and like that hype going into it. So I think that's pretty much what I'm doing immediately. I feel like there's something else, but it's just like there's always something else. I don't. Yeah. Oh, always. I need to watch Heartstopper on Netflix. That was something that I really wanted to cover. All right, it's another one. Everyone yeah. Says so it's many really reaction there. Yeah, so really good, and a lot of people are kind of like not upset, but they they were wishing that I was going to cover it on my channel. So we'll we'll see if they were furious too late for that. They're furious, man. You only talk about lesbians. Enough, enough. Like, uh, but no, it's <laughs> really cute. Yeah, it got season two and three renewed already, so it's that's like that's how much love that's getting. So, yeah, I think it's good, and I know it's based off of like uh, like a graphic, graphic novel. novel. So I think uh, there's a lot to work with there. Um, so I'm excited to watch it. Um, I think Netflix is like traditionally handle a lot of st that stuff uh, pretty well. And if I end up getting the boys early, I'm very excited to catch up on that. If not, I'll catch it on Friday with the rest of the world. Yeah, I will definitely be watching the boys as well uh, on Amazon Prime. I'll be streaming Fire Island over on Hulu this weekend. And I might give Navalny another spin now that it's on HBO Max, because that's one of the best documentaries I've seen this year. So uh, like it'll be nice to catch it without watching like 10 other movies in that day. Yeah. Um, I think I was the only so one I'll... like actually sitting and down and watching it the entire time because everyone yes. else was running a little cycle and I was just trying to get my video to export. So I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it'll be nice to pay full attention. Uh, but the movie that I'm going to theaters for is Crimes of the Future. I'm really excited for that one, as I, as all of us are, I guess. But uh, I did want to bring up Art. You mentioned this little story that occurred uh, at Con of Vigo going out of his way to throw shots at Julia Ducar. Now, what's up with your boy? I hear my boy there, bro. One does not yeah. simply. Uh, allow Vigo to just talk smack about a previous winner, but he did. He came out and he said that before the movie even showcased, they were like Amanda said, hyping up walkouts, saying they were more gorier than Titan. That Julia didn't know what she was directing because there was no substance, but that this movie would have it. Amanda, Titan <laughs> or Crimes? Depends what you're looking for. Depends what you're looking <laughs> for. Titan is more unique. It is more gory. I think that there are a lot of really great ideas in crimes, but the fact that they have to keep defaulting to walkouts that visibly did not occur um, to an extent, again, the Kelly Reichardt movie, way more walkouts than crimes of the fucking future. Um, I, it's like, I just feel like they, they, they're trying to push their merit on something that really isn't there. I think that there is some kind of, like conversation to be had there with what they're going for and like the, like the suggestion, but like there's literally mm -hmm. no reason to go at Titan or Julie for any either, yeah. reason whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense. And like, where are you at? You didn't get any awards. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, doing. you know, there's a reason that whenever somebody makes a movie with body horror in it, it gets called Cronenbergian. Like, mm -hmm. Cronenberg's already the goat in that category. You yeah. don't need to go out of your way to to ask him for more credit. Like, Julia could do her thing, too, and her yeah. thing is its own unique, interesting thing. I didn't love Titan, but like, yeah, it's a really interesting, unique vision. Uh, I don't know, man. To, to Cronenberg's credit, he was not as severe as Vigo was in saying that he thought that uh, Ducarnau's film was uh, had a lot of really special things going on for it. So, you know, it's not everybody involved with Crimes of the Future talking yeah, that way. But, yeah, Vigo, Vigo doesn't need to weird. throw shots like that. They can all coexist. Like, I'm sorry, like, like, Cronenberg's son is running circles around him with Possessor. 
like right. in terms of practical right. effects, in terms of gore, Big fan in terms of, of like, you know, I, I would say that like a lot of the ideas that there's more layers to what's going on with Crimes of the Future, but like for what they're marketing Crimes of the Future as, Possessor runs circles around it. On Hulu, you know? stream it. It's good. Yeah, that's what I mean. If <laughs> Shout you're talking about mass walkouts, gorier than anything you've ever seen, just like like just this trippy body horror, that's got everything that, that that's what it's being marketed on. Like I would say Crimes Shansky. of the Future is way stronger in like this like sci fi future than it is a body horror. Interesting. Uh, take a quick question here from Pink Sweets asking, have any of you seen Shorzy? I can't remember if y'all were Letter- Letterkenny fans. Uh, we were actually, I think we all talked about Letterkenny back in our Sundance uh, excursion. I- I've recently gotten into Letterkenny and I've been trying to get art into it too. Uh, but I haven't yet div- uh, dived in, dove in to uh, Shorzy. Although maybe maybe I'll add that to my picks for the week. Maybe I'll watch that this weekend. I got a couple episodes, but I think Letterkenny might be a little funnier. Yeah, Chorzy's never been my favorite character on Letterkenny, so I've been that's ah, part of my hesitation. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. annoying. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's about all for this week's edition of the weekend must watch. You can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterbox at Z Shevich. That's Z S H E V as in Vicky Crepes, I C H. And check out my YouTube or TikTok channels at Multiplex Show. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find more from you? You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and occasionally Twitch at Amanda the Jedi. And Art, what about you? You can find me at Elmi Explain on Twitter, on YouTube, or probably going to your nearest Screen X to see Tom Cruise risk yeah. his life once again. <laughs> Danger uh, Zone, baby! And talking about <laughs> it back over here on the Intercut Podcast. You can catch every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, whatever your favorite uh, podcatcher is. I happen to like Overcast. And then make sure you subscribe, not just to the audio feed, but to the video feed as well on YouTube.com slash IntercutPod, where you can catch our bright, smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment, find new episodes of the weekend or the weekend must watch streaming on our YouTube channel every Monday at 3 p.m., except for, you know, Memorial Day. It's a holiday. we got to take that off. But please, leave us a comment. Like the video. Consider heading over to iTunes to give us that much-requested five-star review. It really helps us uh, get the show out to more people, like our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages. All of them are at IntercutPod. And you can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash IntercutPod for as little as $1 a month to get updates on the show, through, uh, including early episode outlines, access to our private Discord channels, and invitations to our monthly Google meetings with our patrons. We're probably going to have to schedule a new meeting for next week, so maybe maybe next Monday. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll we'll, we'll Some cross Jurassic reference World our schedules. Oh yeah, Jurassic Sounds World. Like gotta to gotta break to down. Exactly, yeah. Just as little as $1 a month. It's not that much. And then uh, get updates throughout the week for following us on social media from me, from Art, from Amanda, from all the guests that we feature here on Intercut. Thanks again for tuning into the weekly must-watch. And until next time, third time's a charm. (laughs) 